Welcome back to Between the Banners, your UNC basketball podcast on the Tar Hill Blog podcast, hosted by TarHillBlog.com on the SBNation.com podcast network. It's been a while. Uh, life gets in the way. Day jobs get in the way. And UNC suffering their worst season in 20 years makes it kind of hard to podcast and break down basically the same result over and over with a bunch of uh, buzzer beating and heartbreaking losses. Having said that, UNC has won three of their last four games and comes in riding as high as they have since December to the ACC tournament, which starts in Greensboro by the time you're listening to this today, Tuesday, March the 10th. I'm not going to talk about it alone. My friend Al Hood is here. Al, what is the good word, my friend? Nothing much, man. Just enjoying a nice 70-degree day in early March in Boston. Dang, is that nice? You said it was nice, but that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, our weatherman uh, here was joking about the fact that it's like this is our first seventy-degree day since the middle of January. We've we've had a uh, we've had a very uh, mild winter here. Um, so I mean, we've we've even hit the point to where if a snowstorm comes through, we probably don't have much to worry about. And I'm knocking on every piece of available wood as I say that now. Yeah, I hope uh, you don't get that. If if we end up with a snowstorm at this point it, here in Charlotte, North Carolina, then. I don't really know what to do, but, um, you know. What, it would not be, be unprecedented. It would not be unprecedented. 1993, during the ACC tournament, um, the uh, during one of Carolina's games, actually, the uh, power, the blizzard that came through actually knocked out power. I remember that well. A little history lesson from, a, from the senior member of the Tar Heel blog staff. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if we had a snowstorm, I mean – you know, we're probably going to be on COVID quarantine here shortly anyway. So what the hey? Mm. Yeah. Um, Al, the way we're going to do this is we're just going to go quadrant by quadrant uh, with, you know, you basically have your four teams that get the double bye and number one seed Florida State, number four Duke, number two Virginia, and number three Louisville. Uh, we are going to start with the most important quadrant, and that is the one that is housing the number 14 seed, which – Due to Georgia Tech's absence, dropping their appeal uh, on their NCAA postseason ban for the year, that number 14 seed is dead last, and that is the North Carolina Tar Heels. Um, let's just kind of start with a quick just what what's happened here in the past couple of weeks. Uh, UNC's gotten healthy all of a sudden. Uh, they won three games in a row against uh, State, Syracuse, and Wake uh, going into the Duke game last Saturday night, which they obviously lost. Um, what is your just kind of overarching level of optimism going into uh, going into the ACC tournament here? Mostly, the the overarching feeling is that it would be very, very, very unlikely uh, that they would be able to make it all the way to Saturday night. Um, that said, at least the first part of the draw uh, is probably the best they could have asked for. Uh, looking at the sort of the other options, um, you know, the Virginia, as I kind of noted in my three things to watch today, Virginia Tech has come crashing down to earth since they beat us back in January. And again, note that that was uh, with Garrison Brooks performing a monster game and without Cole Anthony. Uh, so, and with Christian Keeling only playing nine minutes because he was just completely ineffective. So both teams are really different teams. And one would think that if Garrison Brooks puts the same type of performance, Cole has put together the roughly the same performance he has the past few games, and Keeling is any shade better than when he was. 
the tie that shouldn't be a double overtime game. It should be a again knocking on wood should be an easier game uh, for Carolina. And then uh, with Syracuse, we all saw what happened. Uh, the, this team just plays against the zone so well. Uh, and, you know, Beheim even tried, as Jake masterfully broke down, uh, Beheim even tried to pull people out a little bit, um, force Carolina into their shots that they made. So they'll at least have confidence uh, if they if they win against Virginia Tech. They'll at least have the confidence going into Syracuse that uh, they can play well. Uh, but then the problem is, is that you've got Louisville staring them in the face. And even though Louisville's come back down to earth a little bit, um, you know, the game they played against them in Louisville wasn't even close. And I don't think it was a, it, I don't think even think Garrison Brooks being in there would have helped them out. Um, it's just, it would, even with Louisville kind of returning to earth a little bit, that's probably the one of the two worst top seeds they could have played on this side of the quadrant. Yeah, I would say Louisville and Florida State would be just overall the two worst matchups for UNC just based on their size, uh, their ability to kind of get after Brooks and Baycott and still defend on the perimeter really well um, against Cole Anthony. So you're, you're, you're really relying on your secondary players if UNC gets that far. Um, what I will say, and I think you're spot on with the Virginia Tech analysis, I fully expect Carolina to go in and win that game tomorrow night or I guess tonight as we're posting it. Uh, which is at 7 o'clock, by the way. Um, I've always kind of had an opinion in the ACC tournament, and especially in recent iterations of it, as it it gets a little bit more spread out, that the team that's played has an advantage, at least in the first eight minutes until you get into the flow of the game, um, against a team who is playing their first game in the tournament, just with it being a new environment, kind of a neutral crowd, usually a little bit sleepy, at least until you get to Thursday. Um, I really like that aspect of it just for the Tar Heels to, after they beat Virginia Tech, which I am not knocking on wood, I'm just calling it there, um, maybe go ahead and get out ahead of Syracuse a little bit. Uh, might be in Syracuse's heads, NC State style at this point with nine straight wins over the Orange. And then if the Heels can just come out and maybe establish like an eight to ten point lead against Louisville, you never know. But um no, Louisville would be a tough out there. Um, so, would Al, would, it, would I be safe in assuming that you were picking UNC to make it to that Louisville game? I think that's a safe assumption. Um, I think, uh, like I said, I mean, if you look, um, if you kind of look at the other squads that they could have faced, um, I mean, yeah, kind of in that, in that get the day one pass, um, they have the psychological advantage and unfortunately we have to break it down like this, but they have the psychological advantage over Syracuse, you know, BC, Notre Dame, uh, Clemson. Um, they've got those last second losses to all of them. So you would think, Oh, they would be motivated for revenge, but um, you, you know, it, it could very easily, they could get in their own heads. Whereas, uh, you know, NC state really tough to beat us the same three, the same team three times, even as it is NC state. Uh you know, in Notre Dame, they went one-on-one. So you look at all that, and it's like Syracuse, they just recently played. So it's not only that they have a win at Syracuse, they have a win at Syracuse very recently. And whereas you brought up a great point, good for both uh, Wednesday and for Thursday, Carolina's going to play the last game both days if they make it to Thursday. 
So both of the teams that are sitting and waiting for them, it's not a case to where these teams are able to, you know, they're able to get there, they're able to warm up, they're able to jump right into the action. They have to sit and wait for three other games to be completed before they can get out there on the court, whereas Carolina is going to be in the flow. They're going to be there. They're going to have their action going. Um, If Carolina is looking, you know, if that is to happen, it could happen against Louisville. It's just my problem is, is that even if they can get by Louisville, which I'm just not optimistic that they can do, then you most likely have Virginia waiting for them on the other side of that. And that fourth day, that's when, you know, by that point, Virginia has already got a day into it. They're playing really good basketball good for them basketball uh as of late um they'll have already played a game they are used to playing around this time of day so that that advantage you have over them isn't exactly going to be there plus they're one of the few teams that have actually played uh carolina both times with cole anthony even if cole wasn't 100 percent both times they've played they played against them and they've lost both times so it's just and and and, that was, and and I was going to say, I mean, you you made you made the perfect segue, and then you stomped all over it out. Um, Sorry. <laughs> in, 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 oh, you're good. In, in that little quadrant, you've got the Notre Dame and Boston College playing on Wednesday um, in the seven ten matchup to play Virginia. Um, Jake and I were absolutely wrong on the preseason pod. We thought Notre Dame was a dark horse in the ACC, and I guess well, they were finished. They, they were picked to finish tenth, and they finished seventh. So I guess we weren't wrong. I think Notre Dame matches up really well with Virginia if they get past that uh, Jesuits versus Catholics game on day one. Um, but, you know, more back to Virginia, if we're really, really looking ahead and assuming UNC is playing on Friday, uh, the slower pace would favor the Tar Heels more so than an up and down game, I would say. And, you know, Virginia has not really looked like world beaters against UNC this year. That second game, uh, Really, UNC had no business blowing it late as they were blowing all of their games late. And Cole Anthony was hobbled, but not yet officially on the injured list uh, for that first game at Virginia. So I'm not going to completely write off the possibility of that one. But let's talk uh, Notre Dame, Boston College. I don't, I can't admit to have watched any Boston College basketball outside of the game where they came into Chapel Hill and won. Do you have any take takeaways on them just being the, resident Bostonian? Um, I know about as much as Boston College as you do, which tells you how seriously the city of Boston actually takes Boston College basketball. Um, you know, it's just, it's a program that in general is just so more bound right now that it's very difficult to get any sort of read of what they're going to do. And to, um, to Notre Dame's credit, this is usually about the time of year where they're able to start pulling some things together, like postseason Notre Dame. Um, that's when they start surprising people. That's when they're able to kind of grind their way through stuff. That's when um, that's when they're able to kind of start getting it all together. Um, and that's something that they can kind of. That's something that the the players. Uh, can sell or the coaching staff can sell to the players and uh, which is a big thing. I just, I, I mean, it's the ACC tournament. Um, I would definitely say Mike Bray definitely has the, um, is the more experienced hand at being able to guide a squad through, uh, through the brackets here. Um, so I would, uh, I would consider Notre Dame probably a bigger favorite over Boston college, but I mean, it's a seven ten. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you never know. Um, 
you, you know, you never know. Uh, the the ACC as a whole was so horribly mediocre. Uh, it would not surprise me if any of these uh, Wednesday games end up being 20 to 30 point games, you know? Yeah. And, you know, with Notre Dame, they won eight of 12. Um, they've got John Mooney, the first team all ACC guy. I'm still a big TJ Gibbs believer. He shot 42% from three this year. I can see him just kind of having one of those runs in the ACC tournament. I don't really have any insight, like we said, on Boston College, and I'm not really willing to pick them to go beyond Wednesday. And if they manage to do that, I don't think I would pick them to go beyond Thursday. Uh, Boston College, your most anonymous team in the ACC every year. Um, So, yeah, I mean, with a Virginia-Notre Dame matchup lined up for Thursday, you know, smart money would be on Virginia, talking about a team that's uh, peaking at the right time. The Hoos have really kind of gotten it together here over the past month. You know, after I mean, they were a bubble team like a month ago. But, um, yeah, Virginia, they're back. They're going to be a tough out. I was not happy to see that. I kind of wanted them to take it down here kind of like the Heels did. But here we are. So if, you, if you're picking the bottom side of the bracket out, I'll put you on the spot. Um, I know I know you've got Virginia and Louisville playing on Thursday. It sounds like we've at least got North Carolina playing on Thursday. Who's going to emerge and show up to the championship game on Saturday out of the bottom side? Um, I think right now I'm actually going to I'm going to take Virginia. I don't think this is going to be any sort of indication of how they're doing the NCAA tournament because I, I fully expect them to fall flat on their face then. Um, but for the ACC tournament, um, you know, Louisville's trend has been the wrong, has been in the wrong direction. Virginia's trend has been in the right direction. Um, and I think that this style of, I think their style of play, um, will continue to frustrate Louisville enough to where they can make the, the, at least the ACC championship game. And that'll be a shame for all of us. Uh, during Virginia's eight game winning streak, they scored 78 points in a 13 point win against Boston college. These are the other point totals in that winning streak. 50, 64, 59, 56, 52, 46, 57. I hate Virginia basketball, man. ESPN executives are crying right now, um, seeing that they're actually doing well. They they were crying at uh, both Carolina um, going through what they were going through because they thought they'd have someone in Cole Anthony that they could at least give somewhat the Zion treatment this year too and they're crying that they're going to have uh, Virginia carry on as long as they can because they just know it's unwatchable basketball yep and then uh, the staff of Target blog will be crying when it's Duke Virginia on Saturday let's talk about Duke's region next um, Wake Forest and Pitt in the first round matchup on Tuesday the only game preceding UNC so if UNC was to bow out tomorrow night or tonight um, at least they would not be the first team out and Georgia Tech, I guess we also have to thank for that. But um, Wake Pitt, any hot takes there? Um, probably Wake. Um, even though they finished in the bottom part of the ACC, again, they've got a couple of uh, – trajectory is a little bit better. They at least have the Duke win. Um, Pitt, just two of their wins are against us, and they, also, they, they were the designated survivor team that didn't play. Uh, this past weekend, so they're going to be coming in. They're going to be coming in. One would think that's an advantage to where they would be coming in rested, um, but really, this is just. I mean, the site being in Greensboro, this is just down the road for Wake Forest. They'll still be in rhythm of playing, um, and 
I mean, I absolutely could be wrong about this, and uh, Jeff Cable could get to uh, excited for a run to try to make a statement to the rest of the conference. But uh, I, I believe in Wake Forest maybe a little bit more than I believe in Pitt right now. Yeah, uh, Wake Forest won the only matchup between the two, um, 69-65 at Pitt very early in the season. I don't really know what that tells us. Um, Pitt, Pitt was a team that I kind of expected to get better as the season went along because they are young in the backcourt. Um, looking at it now, they have lost their last seven games, so that definitely doesn't bode well for a big run for them. I think Wake, you know, despite losing to UNC, you know, they – are a little bit better off just to, you know, like you said, with the home field advantage, maybe just garner whatever they can and uh, save Danny Manning's job for another year somehow. But, yeah, because Wake could then go and on Wednesday play NC State. And if you're listening with children in the car, uh, mute the next 15 seconds, but it's time for hashtag NC State shit in the the Wednesday round at 2 o'clock on – on Wednesday afternoon. Would you disagree with that? Pretty much. Um, you know, the metrics tell you, especially since NC State uh, demolished Wake Forest on Friday, um, you know, the metrics will absolutely tell you that NC State should roll on this one, which pretty much will tell you that, uh, especially since State probably needs the win to really secure an NCAA bid, and uh, that pretty much is the recipe for Wake Forest to roll right on over them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are the last team in right now, according to Joe Lenardi. So it's kind of a perfect storm, which, I mean, Al, it just makes me happy, man. <laughs> it does make I, it a little more difficult to – it does – you know, it's fun when they were trying to crow about how bad our season was and you can essentially hit them back with, what does it say about you that you we beat you twice and our season was this bad? So, um and they know it. That's the thing. That's that's all they have to that's all they have to to throw about right now. Yeah, I'm just looking through here. State outside of the Duke win, they didn't really beat anybody of note for what like the eleventh season in a row. Yeah. Okay. That's that's our Wolfpack. Um so it doesn't matter who wins the Tuesday or the Wednesday game for that matter. I don't think they're going up against Duke on Thursday. Is there any chance Duke doesn't make it to the ACC tournament semifinal where this is basically what Coach K lives for? No. I mean, I you hate to say it, but um, K always has the philosophy that the ACC champion is the one that wins the tournament. He always gets his team and his squad up to play for it. Uh, he feels that the best way to get them ready for the ACC for the NCAA tournament is to get them to win these things. Um, and on top of that, if, no matter who they face, be it Wake Forest or NC State, um, both will have already snuck up and bit them once this year. So uh, there's very little chance that they actually uh, that they actually don't take either team seriously. That that is a really good point there. And even if it was Pitt, you've got the whole. Capel and K situation, the student and teacher, and being an SEC football fan myself, Al, um, I know nobody who used to work for Nick Saban beats Nick Saban, so I would assume the same theory would apply here. Um, Let's go to what what we're going to call the football section of the bracket, and maybe it's really not the football section anymore because 
I think I read on Reddit today that now Florida State was a basketball school and UNC was a football school. <laughs> but Florida State won the ACC regular season championship for the first time outright. Congratulations to the Knowles. I enjoy watching Leonard Hamilton's program. They're always just big, bulking, athletic, and I don't know why they don't play faster and push tempo just with all the depth they have, but that's not for me to say. Uh, Clemson and Miami open up the Wednesday's uh, session at noon. There's going to be a lot of orange on the court. Uh, who do you got between Clemson and Miami? Seriously, toss a coin. I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I, 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 seriously, like Clemson, you think, oh, Clemson, Miami's look really bad. Clemson's had their moments. So, sure, it's Clemson. And then Clemson just got completely railroaded by Virginia Tech last week that pretty much ended Carolina's chance of being able to get a bye this past uh, this week. So, like, seriously, just toss a coin at this point. Um, maybe I believe in Miami's coaching a little bit better than Brad Bonnell, but beyond that, just toss a coin. Yeah, um, I'm here for Miami just simply because I'm still a big Chris Likes fan. I, I got to watch him in the Wednesday session last year, and he was still awesome to watch. He's a lot more fun to watch when he's not playing against Carolina, which I would be happy to have Chris Likes play against Carolina this week, but um, that's going to be really hard to do. But, I, I mean, I'd be here for a 9-14 ACC championship game on Saturday. Um, yeah, I think you're right. That game really – Oh. I don't know. I'm going to pick Miami because I'm a Chris Lakes fan. Um, the winner That's good of that, any I mean, other reason. Hey, you know what? We, we got to do what we got to do. This is a uh, Chris Lakes stand podcast. And even, I mean, I think most of the Tar Heel blog staff really appreciates him. I know Tanya does. Yeah. And I, and I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to actually credit Larinaga uh, coaching versus Brad, um, Brad Mornell. Like he's definitely, you know, the Miami has not done well this year because of essentially the the just the lack of talent that they have. But not it's not a result of coaching. Whereas Clemson, man, they had it. They they had it there. They had it there ready for them to where they could have snuck in, and they just inconsistent as all get out. Never forget that Clemson beat Florida State, Louisville, and Duke this year, and won a game in Chapel Hill for the first time ever. And, and are the eight seed and have no chance of making the NCAA tournament unless they basically win the thing. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, well, you know what? They just made the college football playoff again, so I think they're doing all right. Yeah, they'll cry into the they'll cry into the uh, their multiple football championship trophies. I think they'll be okay. Yeah. All right, Al, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, I know we have discussed the subject of this podcast of North Carolina. Is UNC the deepest sleeper to come out of the Tuesday-Wednesday round, or do you expect Friday to just be all chalk? And, and if really, it's not going to be chalk, who do you have coming out? So I think Carolina, I mean, looking at this, really Carolina is the best sleeper of the Tuesday-Wednesday teams to make it to the semifinals. Um, and that's not that's not a – uh, that's not a bad opinion to have right now because even Vegas, I, I heard this coming in, um, Vegas right now, Carolina is the fifth betting favorite to win the ACC tournament. Now it's at like plus 2,300 um, to Duke's essentially plus 200 and for, or plus 250 and Florida State's plus 200. But you know, the betting favorites are FSU, Duke, 
I want to say Virginia, then Louisville, and then it's Carolina. So Vegas definitely, the people who know, the people who are willing to put their money down are willing to say, hey, if there is a sleeper that's outside of that top four, it's Carolina. Um, you know, can, and they definitely have the talent. I mean, as we've, as I've basically outlined, um, the, the toughest test they would play or they would face would be that Friday test. Um, and if you want to argue, if you want to make a counter argument to all of my statements about Louisville, not uh, Louisville being a bad matchup for them. Well, Garrison Brooks didn't play and Louisville is a different, and Louisville has not played well since they played at Carolina. Um, you know, I, I don't think we fully have accounted just how much missing Garrison Brooks cost them that game. Um, you know, if you're looking at a team that you can say, hey, can they get hot because they have the most talent on the floor to surprise a team in a, in a, in this type of tournament scenario, you look at the other, you look at the other, what is it, seven teams? Um, no, eight teams, or whatever. I, math is hard. Nine. Um, but you look at the nine. Nine, thank you. You look at the rest of those teams, and it's like, you know, maybe State, but then at the same time, they got to get by Duke. So, like, why wouldn't you say that Carolina at least has a, you know, if you're looking at the path that Carolina has to make it to Friday, at least it's, it's you can talk yourself into it. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, and really, I, I just wanted to see who, yeah, I mean, you know, as opposed to, whom really because I don't believe in NC State in a tournament setting at all. Um, again, this, the only other the, one that the only other one that I might be willing to give credit to would be Notre Dame. Um, I could see, like I said, Mike Bray knows how to get his team going. Um, as you said, I mean, as we talked about, they probably should take care of Boston College easily, um, and then uh, they'll have that day of playing under their legs they'll play a slow style against Virginia which should keep them close in the game Bray knows how to get his team up and play them in this type of setting you know it could Virginia coming in winning as much as they have it's possible that they could get caught by surprise and with Virginia style if Notre Dame can catch them by surprise and get them get up by 10 or 12 early you know that might be all that they need to do so I, I could see I could see Notre Dame sneaking in there too so you uh, you nailed about all of the points that I was going to hit for the rest of this podcast. Um, let's start with the most recent one. Yes, I agree with you on Notre Dame. Um, you know that that's a team that can get hot from the three point line pretty easily with uh, Fluger and uh, with Gibbs, and that is usually what sinks Virginia come March. Is just the one team that actually goes ten of twenty one from three as opposed to six of twenty one. Uh, two. You beat me to the punch on the Vegas thing with UNC. Um, so those those two are the teams that I have highlighted. Um, and now three, let's let's watch something stupid like Boston College make it to Saturday and get trounced by Duke. <laughs> um, Al, how, who do you see in the championship matchup on Saturday? Who do you see taking home the crown? I don't want the answer that I don't want. Um then maybe you want to then maybe viewers or listeners should just kind of hit the skip button um because i hate to say it as much as i don't want to believe in them duke in the acc tournament man anytime you want to count anytime you want to count them out 
this seems tailor made for them to get into get that run going to where they can be like, oh look, Duke's making their run. Let's get maybe they should be a one seed because of look at how well they've done their last four games. Um, they just they they always find a way. K as K just the ACC tournament just means something to them. It really does. And I don't think, and that's not to say it doesn't mean anything for anybody else. It's just, um, you know, if Florida State is going to do it, this is going to be the best year, the best chance they have to do it. Um, but I just think that it's set up here to where Duke will be up for their games. Like the chances that they would get snake bit in the first round, they, they drew basically the best possible draw to get um, to, to avoid that snake bit, to avoid that snake bite. Um, and then they'll get up for Florida State and they'll get up for the ACC championship. So um, I think Florida State is the is the plus 200 favorite in Vegas right now. I'd probably put 250 on Duke before I put the 200 on Vegas on um, Florida State. I don't think I disagree with you, but I will say Florida State just um, athletically. And then, I mean, you, you have this, the number two defensive player of the year in Trent Forrest who can maybe slow down uh, Trey Jones. Um, you've got a bunch of size underneath. Like I like the Florida State matchup for hoping for a Duke loss. So I'm going to just go ahead and be the positive person on this podcast. <laughs> and I'm going to say it's going to be Florida State, Virginia. And that is after Virginia wins a hard-fought knockdown drag-out game against an exhausted UNC team that everybody feels bad for. And even – on ESPN, UNC is the people's champion of this tournament, but unfortunately falls just two games short. Yeah, I think uh, I, I don't think I would disagree. I think the most that they can do, yeah, I think the most they can do is Friday. I mean, and if you're looking for recent history, all you have to do is just look at 2018 um, when they had to do the four and four, and they made it to the they made it to the title game, and then they just. They just complete. You could tell there was a moment you could just tell they ran out of gas. See, man, here's my thing: if they get to Friday, I, you know, kind of my head says they get to Saturday if they make it to Friday. Um, or I should say, my heart says that. My my head just won't allow it uh, for the four games in four days, and then you know the fifth one after that with a team that's basically seven players at this point. But. Um, I don't know. I mean, I have to stop, start watching the ACC tournament on Tuesday, which is a departure from the norm for me. Um, Al Hood, where are you going to be watching it? Uh, for the most part at home, um, barring a, uh, a YouTube TV login uh, because uh, Comcast still doesn't have the ACC network on there. Um, but uh, keeping an eye on it from home and, um, you know, hoping against hope that uh, – they uh, this team can go down and um, and write a and and write a different legend or write a different story um, as the as uh, the team that was able to get it all together and go down in the uh, go down the annals of one of the few teams that was able to do the five and five. I mean, if there's an ACC where it can be done, you know, it, it's the one where the five the team that finished in fifth place is a is a bubble team. Yeah, and it's not impossible. Um, I'm not going to bet on it. I'm not going to sit here and jinx it and say, hey, man, this UNC team is about to make that run to Saturday. That, that's why I just picked Virginia to beat them on Friday. But it's not completely off the table. Um, Al, if you need a Hulu TV uh, 
password. Uh, just stick with me after we get done recording here. But if you're a listener to this podcast and you have not subscribed to this podcast, go ahead and do that. We have been slacking on episodes lately, so that means you might forget to look for us. So if you subscribe, it will show up in your podcast feed, wherever that is, if it's Apple Podcasts, if it's Spotify. And if you like what you're listening to, go ahead, leave us a five-star review. If you leave a five-star review with words on Apple Podcasts, I will read it on the air. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening. Let's uh, get five UNC victories in the next five days because that would match the total victories we've had basically in the whole calendar year thus far. Um, Al, you got anything else coming to the site this week? Uh, you said you had three things for Tuesday. Yep. Uh, so I, my three things to look for uh, for Virginia Tech are actually up right now. So if you need a refresher, the work to look for tonight, you can catch them. And then we're just kind of playing the rest of the week by ear as we go. So I'm sure I'll hop in and either preview or do a postmortem uh, for how every game goes uh, because right now I don't have much of a life and I'm the one who can grab a laptop at the end of the day when these games are played and write something up. It's a beautiful thing, my friend. Uh, yeah. If UNC does fall to the seating and bows out early, um, we will be back here with a podcast to talk about Mac Brown's ridiculous football recruiting run. Otherwise we'll save that for next week because I think we're still waiting on some news. Uh, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Y'all be good. Keep it locked and go heels.